This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. As a Marylander involved in historic preservation, I've always been extremely impressed by the work of the Maryland Commission on African American History and Culture. The commission is the oldest ethnic commission in the nation and doesn't just talk about preserving history, it directly invests millions of dollars in brick and mortar projects across the state. It's a Maryland story with national implications and one we had to bring to this week's PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're really excited to be joined by Chanel Compton, who is both the executive director for the Banneker Douglas Museum and the executive director of the Maryland Commission on African American History and Culture. Um, it's uh, a really um, interesting opportunity to talk about this um, and just the importance of this work and, and the work of the commission and the museum. Um, but before we jump into that, we love to get to know our guests a little bit better, their background, upbringing, you know, what got interested them in uh, history and preservation. So, um, Chanel, what is your backstory? You have um, a really sort of fascinating and diverse career in history and preservation. Um, why are you so fascinated by this? Where'd you grow up and, and what got you into this? Well, I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and um, but I moved around a lot um, on the East Coast, but my upbringing is pretty much in Connecticut. And um, moved to the D.C. area after um, to, to go to American University for a master's in arts management. So my background is in fine arts, um, and I, you know, wanted to go into a career running, um, I wanted to go into a career in the creative industry. Um, and so with the Masters of Fine Arts program, shout, shout out to American University, it basically trained me on how to run a nonprofit, particularly um, an arts and creative nonprofit. And then I started interning um, at the National Museum of African Art and the Museum Education Program. And I just fell in love with museum education. So I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, I, I didn't really understand what I wanted to do, but I knew what I really enjoyed and the things that I was passionate about, which was Black history, um, the diaspora, uh, community, the arts, the creative industry, preservation. And so, and also leading, you know, I, I knew I, I loved museum education, but I didn't necessarily want to, um, and I spent years as a museum educator and an education director. Um, but when the opportunity arose for me to lead um, a, muse a museum, which was the Prince George's African American Museum, I took it and then, you know, did really well and was recruited um, by the Maryland Commission on African-American History and Culture um, to lead the Banneker Douglas Museum and um, to support the Maryland Commission on African-American History and Culture. And here I am. And it has been a tremendous experience. I love my job. I feel weird calling it a job because it, I, I have the opportunity to bring all of my skill sets to the table and work with such great people. Um, so that's, that's my background. It's, it's a unique position in that 
it's got to be one of the most unique positions um, in terms of the museum world where you're not only doing museum work, but you're also involved in this commission that is investigating, celebrating, commemorating black history across the state, investing money through a grant program. I mean, it is one of the more diverse in every way, but one of the more diverse programs of like state and local history that I think actually probably exists in the country. I mean, it is just really sort of an interesting connection. So, um, you know, I think we mentioned in the show notes that this is the oldest ethnic commission in the nation. So it goes back to 1969. Um, and you know, if we feel like right now there's not enough black history being taught and told and remembered, I mean, you go back to 1969 and it is a completely different world. What, what precipitated this? Why was Maryland so early? What's the, what's sort of the backstory on this? Cause it's just so unique, um, in its, in its structure and its history of the commission itself. So the commission was formed out of um, the legislation that formed the commission was led by uh, Senator Verda Freeman Welcome, who was the first African-American woman um, senator in Maryland. Um, And she was the second African-American state senator in the nation. And this was a year after Commission was legislated a year after King's assassination. So if you can imagine the climate at the time, um, it was, there was uprisings throughout the country. And Senator Roberta Freeman Welcome survived her own assassination assassination attempt. Um, And so she partnered with Benjamin Quarles, who famed professor at Morgan State University and who was a student of Carter G. Woodson. Uh, and Carter G. Woodson was the father of, is literally the father of Black history and Amer- Black American history. And so um, uh, Quarles, Professor Quarles partnered with Senator Wel- Welcome to um, build the case to legislate the nation's first state ethnic commission to authentically preserve uh, and present Maryland Black history as to, as a way, and we're talking about anti-racism now, right? <laughs> um, that's kind of like a mainstream buzzword, but they were doing this work 30 plus years ago, 50 years, over 50 years ago. Um, and so their vision was to um, create a commission that would tell and preserve Black stories and experiences as a way to combat Um, racism and to promote racial equity in the state of Maryland. Uh, And a few years after that, uh, the commission already, 10 plus years after that, the commission had already um, had a a major collection on Maryland Black history. And one of their notable um, um, works in activism was to save Mount Moriah Church. And Mount Moriah Church was an African-American AME church built in 1874. The congregation was over 100 years old uh, and the county was gonna tear it down. And so they had the foresight of saving this historic preservation site that would later open as the Banneker Douglas Museum. So just the the story of the form, the forming of the, the Maryland Commission on African-American History and Culture and the opening of the Banneker Douglas Museum was an act of social justice. Um, the history is just so profound. And 
um, inspiring. Um, Carol Green, who was the first executive director at the Banneker Douglas Museum, and he was also instrumental in opening the museum, and he worked a lot side by side with Berta Welcome. And he's kind of like an unsung hero in Maryland, um, but I think about him as well as the, the, the commission, um, and he's such an important part of the commission's history. Um, and I think about him a lot. Um, I think about, you know, the time in which they, they lived in and what they were fighting for um, to today as we're in this, the largest civil rights demonstration in our nation's history and the role that our museum plays and, you know, standing on their shoulders and, and promoting um, Black history and culture for, for a new generation. And I, I, I constantly think about them. Are we making them proud? I believe we are. Um, but I, I just wanted to mention that because, um, yeah, we talk yeah. a lot about Senator Welcome, but I just wanted to shout out Carol Green as well. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's interesting when preservation itself makes history. And I feel like it's just such an important story. And that this the second, the first uh, black female uh, state senator is involved in the story. I mean, just all of it is just so really profound and sort of just like like you say. I mean, we're we're talking about this this thing, these issues now, which is important. But I mean, they were doing this fifty years ago and really right. breaking ground at that point. So, um, so let's let's talk about the commission though, because I think people would be interested in this. Particularly, we have listeners all across the country, um, some who have states that have commissions like this, and and many who probably don't. Um, so what is the work of the commission? What do you, what do you do with the commission? Um, and maybe just kind of give us a little bit of background on what, on what it is that they do, how often they meet and in, in the work of it. So the mission of the commission is to, um, preserve and promote Maryland black history and to provide technical services, uh, to African-American heritage sites throughout the nation. Uh, the commission's key services, um, are, of course, operating the Banneker Douglas Museum, Maryland State Museum on African American History and Culture, and also in partnership with Maryland Historical Trust, operating the state's um, African annual African American Heritage Preservation Grant, which is a million dollar capital grant um, that's awarded to African American heritage sites every year. And where, how, how often do we meet? We meet six times a year. Uh, we have public meetings. Of course, we pivoted to virtual public meetings. Uh, and we just finished um, our, presented our annual report in, in February. Um, and, and I should mention that, you you know, when we're recording this, you've just announced the latest million dollar grant round. Um, and those are split up into smaller grants, not just one million dollar grant, but they go all across the state to projects all across the state. And so far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, this was the first exclusively African-American heritage preservation grant program in the country as well. So sort of groundbreaking there, too. And I think that that was led by um, now House Speaker Adrian Jones was the one who kind of laid some of the groundwork for that program. Um, who is the first African American Speaker of the House in Maryland? So I mean, just all these. It was like, actually firsts. Speaker Miller. It was Speaker Miller. I mean, Adrian Jones is fantastic, and she's working hand in hand with the Commission, and I'm sure she had a role. But the person who um, really led that charge was the late great um, Mike Miller, and um, our Chair Emeritus Theodore Mack um, was the brainchild for um, this grant program. 
Well, there you go. See, I, I stand corrected, but um, but I know I think Adrian might have carried legislation in the House. But you're you're right. Oh, I mean, for it's sure. a it's yeah. a it's just a, it's just a fantastic program. So um, so you also lead Banneker Douglas Museum. What's the museum like? Um, obviously during COVID times, people it might be visitation might be difficult. But if people are making a trip to Annapolis, all those sorts of things. Um, what's the campus look like? What's the current exhibitions look like? Um, what is the, what's the museum like? The Banneker Douglas Museum is an architectural marvel, right? You have our historic wing, um, which is, um, which was once Mount Moriah AME Church. Uh, it is a national preservation site. Uh, it holds uh, our temporary exhibition spaces uh, as well as uh, it's a performance venue. Um, and then you have our modern wing, which was built in 2006, um, which um, features our permanent exhibit, Deep Roots, Rising Waters, a celebration of African-Americans in Maryland, our state-of-the-art collections facility, um, office spaces, of course, uh, and our temporary gallery and our beautiful um, um, front foyer. So it's a beautiful space. Right now, we are closed to the public. Uh, we will, ideally, we're looking to open in August of this year. Uh, we have pivoted to uh, virtual uh, youth and community programming, which have been incredibly successful. Uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, which has been um, incredibly difficult, um, of course, for the nation and the world around us. Um, but during quarantine, it's given the, the staff the opportunity to really focus on our online presence and deliverables. So we hosted a virtual youth conference focusing on the Black vote, uh, as well as uh, a symposium focusing on um, the history of the Black vote and mobilizing the Black vote in Maryland. Uh, and we've attracted over 4,000 viewers. I mean, on site, we probably might have had a couple hundred people at our events, but we've never hosted an event with 3,000 eyes, um, you know, as, as participants. So um, we're really looking forward uh, in the future. Um, well, right now, we're investing in online virtual tours, exhibitions, and programming. And even when we open back up, that is going to be uh, included in our program deliverables, doing um, not only on-site programs, but hybrid programs and virtual programming as well. Well, I mean, it's uh, I, everybody's having to kind of reinvent themselves, and it and it seems like it's just an opportunity to reach a you know a bigger audience. And um, you know, I think the intersection of civic engagement and voting discussions and Black history, and it's just like after everything we've lived through in the past year, it just it's even more critical than it already was, and it was right. <laughs> critical to begin with. So um, maybe that's a good place to take a quick break, and then when we come back, um, we'll talk about sort of the future of preservation and African-American heritage and history and, and your thoughts and all that. We'll do that right here on PreserveCast. PreserveCast would like to thank McDo Preservation LLC for sponsoring today's episode. McDo specializes in program development and evaluation, long-range planning, and capacity building for nonprofit and government clients. To learn more about McDo's data and community-driven approach and commitment to equity, visit mcdo.com. 
That's M-C-D-O-U-X dot com. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast, and today, again, we're joined by Chanel Compton. We've been talking about her work at the Banneker Douglas Museum and the Maryland Commission on African American History and Culture. Um, and before we took our break, we talked about sort of the history of the commission um, and its early starts um, and beginning um, in the, really, in the civil rights era in 1969, um, the museum itself. Um, and so this might be a good place just for us to open up this conversation a little bit and, and talk about the future of preservations, because you've worked in, you know, a lot of different aspects of preservation history, museums, um, and I'm curious, how do you feel about the future of preservation, specifically preservation of African-American heritage and history? I suppose, you know, what concerns you and maybe what would you like to see change? Well, definitely more um, funding opportunities for African-American heritage sites, um, of course, in Maryland and, and throughout the nation and more recognition um, of Black history. And, and speaking of the, you know, our current capital grant program, though it is a national model and uh, provides much needed capital resources to Black heritage sites throughout the state, you know, over 100 African American heritage sites would have either closed or suffered major disappear without this grant program. The commission is looking forward to um, providing operational funding to state African-American heritage sites, um, which is really needed. Um, right now, we are partnering with, uh, and this came out of the commission. The commission sent a formal um, letter of concern to Maryland Historical Trust uh, addressing the inequities um, for funding African-American heritage sites in Maryland. Uh, and the response was uh, the Maryland Historical Trust in partnership with the commission formed a racial equity group that meets monthly. Um, and the goal is to um, provide equitable funding opportunities for specifically Black heritage sites in the state um, because a very small percentage, and that data is being collected formally now, but um, from uh, statewide feedback and a number of complaints, it's a small percentage of African-American sites that are actually being funded in comparison um, to uh, predominantly white heritage sites that are funded. Um, and so that's being addressed uh, through this coalition. So the future is how can we create, how can we um, interrogate and um, address our funding and resources practices, right? Um, to support black, to support preservation in general, like changing the face of preservation in and of itself. Um, because historically it has been predominantly white and that's just not a true American story. Uh, and so on a micro level, that's what we're doing um, within the state of Maryland. 
that we hope will reverberate in, in other areas across the country. So um, what's next for the commission? I mean, obviously this task force is, is, a, is a component of what's next, but are there any exciting projects in the horizon that you want to tell people about? Yeah, so the commission, we are working on an anti-racism coalition um, where we are partnering with a number of organizations throughout the state uh, to uh, curate a series of anti-racism training uh, that is free and open to um, everyone, their community trainings. Um, we are have a great partnership with the Maryland Lynch, lynching and uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, we will be promoting a joint statement that will be um, shared later this month. Uh, we have a really great um, um, series of Black History events focusing on um, African-American family identity and representation in 2021. Um, and of course, we're still um, um, making strides to um, obtain operational, an operational grant uh, for African-American heritage sites in addition to capital funding. So just a little work. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. No, but it's... really, it's really, you know, it's the commission that does the work, but where I think, you know, one of our strengths, um, all of our commissioners are heavily active in, in the committees in which they serve, um, but it's really our partnerships, right? So we, you know, our partnership with MHT, um, you know, our community partnerships with our programming. Um, we're partnering with the University of Maryland Medical Center to do um, a COVID listening session this, this Friday um, for African-American community groups to, and individuals to ask questions about COVID-19 and addressing some of the, the fears, real, you know, um, um, understandable fears of vaccines and, um, that, you know, um, uh, the relationship with uh, the medical industry with the African-American community and that whole history of exploitation and oppression. Um, so that'll be addressed. So um, from health and wellness, um, racial equity, African-American preservation, uh, the commission is dedicated to empowering Black communities through our work. And it, it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal group. If people want to learn more about it or about you, um, where do they find all of that? You can go to africanamerican.maryland.gov. You can go to the Banneker Douglas Museum's website at bdmuseum.maryland.gov. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook and IG at, at Banneker Douglas Museum. And email me if you have any questions and how you can get more involved at chanel.compton at maryland.gov. So between all of that, you should be able to find Chanel and the commission and the museum. And obviously, post-COVID, uh, if you're making a trip to Maryland and Annapolis and places like that, um, you need to go see the Banneker Douglas Museum and see it up front and in person. Um, this has been really just, just a wonderful conversation. So great to hear about the good work and using 
black history to engage you know diverse communities around issues that really matter not just not just talking about the past which matters but also about how that impacts the future with health and exactly. civic engagement and um it's just a really inspiring conversation inspiring work and so so glad to have you here most difficult question though that we ask most people your favorite historic place or site my favorite historical place and site can i list two yeah you can go to and is it bad? It's not in Maryland. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, we'll we'll just like we'll just give a, a warning here that of course it's Banneker Douglas, but beyond I, that, I was like, well, hello, you know, because yeah. um, that place is just magical. No, it can be but, anywhere in the world. Well, okay, so I'm gonna list my top three. Okay, but from my favorite to my second favorite to my third favorite. All right. My favorite historical place is definitely Frederick Douglass's home in Anacostia. I mean, hands down, like when you walk into that house, you feel like he's going to walk around the corner. I, I mean, it's just so well preserved. Um, uh, the park rangers do such a great job with the tour. And I love the fact that it were, was black women who actually, and of course his wife, who women who saved the site and, and, um, um, made sure that it was a, a national preservation site. So I, I just love that story. Um, the second, my second favorite, of course, is Frederick Douglass's home in Highland Beach. Uh, and that whole connection and just the vibe is just of the two homes are just so different. Like you feel like it was like literally two eras of his, of his life, you know? Um, and I just, I love the fact that the home is preserved by the Highland Beach community. It's just, oh my gosh. So again, women who are taking care of these homes, I just, it's just incredible. Um, and my third favorite is, and it's actually a relatively new site, is the Carter G. Woodson house. So Carter G. Woodson, of course, is a father of Black history. His home office um, in Washington, D.C. is run by ASALA, the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. Incredible incredible like it's you know without Carter G. Woodson the Banneker Douglas Museum wouldn't be here you know um and he's just the ripple effect that he's had on our lives is just is so profound you know my grandmother um was a student of Benjamin Corals who was a student of Carter G. Woodson it's just you know I you know, this, the, we're all interconnected in, in, in that history. So, uh, so those are my top three sites. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't play by the rules. So I had to list three. <laughs> no, it's fine. And those are, those are three fantastic sites and we've done some work at Highland beach and totally agree with that. People should, should poke around there and, and learn more about that. I love the story about how, you know, Douglas was, was able to look across to the Eastern shore and see where he had come from. I mean, it's just a, it's a yeah. powerfully gripping place um, yeah. and sort of this idea of like black recreation in the Chesapeake Bay and just um, it's a story more people should know about. So I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. We should, we should do a preserve cast on that in the future. Well, this has been such a pleasure. So fun to talk with you, inspiring and uh, look forward to hearing more about the commission in the near future. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. 
follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving. <laughs>